Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. This is Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune in today. If you do want to contact me, you can email me at the ab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Again, you can email me at the ab.bc.pc at gmail.com. All right, we did it, ladies. We made it through Genesis. Now we're in the second book of the Pentateuch, which means five scrolls or five books. And that's also known as the Torah or the Torah or the books of Moses or the books of the law. And so I would like for us to sing or sing along with me our song to help us remember these books. And it goes like this. Let us sing the books of Moses, of Moses, of Moses. Let us sing the books of Moses, for he wrote the law. First Genesis, second Exodus, third Leviticus, fourth Numbers, and the fifth is Deuteronomy, the last of them all. So historically, Moses did write all five books, and Jesus confirms that in the book of John, chapter 5, verses 46 and 47. And so now here in Exodus, Moses gets introduced as one of the main characters. Exodus means going out, or in other words, to exit. Genesis means beginning. Exodus means to go out. Our story starts with the 11 sons that came with Jacob to Egypt. The 12th son, Joseph, was already there, which his brothers sold him into slavery to get him there. Remember, Jacob got his name changed to Israel. So now God has blessed the Israelites, the people who've come from Israel, which is Jacob, and increased their number to the point that the Egyptian leaders began to fear them. In verse 8 of chapter 1, it says, Now there arose a new king who did not know Joseph, which sets the stage for the Egyptians beginning to afflict and to enslave instead of appreciate the Israelites. The king ordered the Hebrew midwives to kill the baby boys, but the midwives feared God instead of fearing Pharaoh. And they did not do that. And God blessed the midwives with families of their own because they feared God. Just as a reminder, ladies, it is God who gives life. In chapter 2, Moses is born and his parents were of the tribe of Levi. They also feared God and hid him until he could no longer be hidden. And then the mom made an ark, according to the King James Version, or a wicker basket and set him in the reeds where Pharaoh's daughter was. Pharaoh's daughter found him. Moses' sister was there to watch after him, ran up to Pharaoh's daughter and said, may I find a Hebrew woman to nurse him for you? She said, go do it. So she got her mom and her mom got paid for taking care of her own son. Is there anything that's too hard for God? Pharaoh's daughter named him Moses because I drew him out of the water. Now Moses grew up and saw the hard labor of his people. And in verse 11, he saw an Egyptian who was beating a Hebrew, which was one of his brethren. So we can see in Moses's mind that he recognizes he is a Hebrew amongst the Egyptians. So Moses looked 
and no one was looking. He didn't see anyone. So he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Just a note, ladies. Moses, the deliverer, was also a murderer. And God redeemed him. And God can redeem us too. The next day, two Hebrews were arguing amongst themselves. And Moses steps in. They said, are you a judge over us? Are you going to kill me like you did the Egyptian? (gasps) The news was out. Pharaoh knew too. And Moses ran for his life. He ran to Midian, which the Midianites were Abraham's descendants from the wife after Sarah died named Keturah. Moses ran to Midian and there he sat down by a, you guessed it, by a well. And guess who came to the well? You guessed it. Women came to the well, the seven daughters of a priest named Reuel. Some shepherds also came. They tried to drive away the women, but Moses came to the rescue and then he helped water their sheep. The ladies went home and dad asked, how'd you get back so fast? And they said, an Egyptian helped us. So the dad said, well, go get him since he helped you. And they did. So Moses stayed with them and ended up marrying one of the daughters, Zipporah. And they had two sons. The first son was named Gershom. And it says, I have been a stranger in the land is how Moses named him. We'll get to the second son in our next section. Now it came to pass in the process of time. Just a reminder, ladies, God has perfect timing. The king of Egypt died and Israel cried out to God because of their bondage. The Bible says in chapter two, God heard. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God looked upon the children of Israel and God knew them. He took notice of them and their affliction. In chapter three, we have the burning bush. Moses is a shepherd. Keep in mind, King David is a shepherd. Keep in mind that in the book of John, Jesus says that he is the chief shepherd. Moses came while he was shepherding the sheep to the mountain of God, Horeb. An angel of the Lord appeared in flames, a fire in a bush, but this bush was different. The fire did not consume the bush. So Moses turned to see this great sight. And then the Lord saw that he turned aside to see and God called unto him from the bush. He said, Moses, Moses. God knew his name. God knows your name. God knows my name too. And then he says, don't come any closer. Remove your sandals for the place that you are standing is holy ground. Ladies, do you think about how you approach God? Have you ever taken off your dirty shoes when you come into him with prayer? You know, some of us are willing to take off our shoes as we enter our homes because we don't want the dirt from the outside to come inside. But why do we not think about it as we enter into prayer with God? God said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. The Lord said, I have seen the affliction. I have heard their cry, for I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up 
to the land of promise of the patriarchs. Then God calls Moses to Pharaoh to bring the children out of Egypt. Moses says, who am I? And God says, I will be with you. When I go to the children of Israel, who do I say sent me? And then God says, I am that I am. I am hath sent you. I am. God always is. You know, if we have issues in the past, God is. So he is there even then to deal with those issues that can afflict us and that can cause us sorrow. And he, God, surpasses time because he always is. So are there issues in your past that you need to give to him? Are you in affliction? Are you burdened down? And is there something that you need to give to God so that he can lift you up? Moses said, they won't believe me. So God says, what's in your hand? It's a rod. Well, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground. It became a snake and Moses fled. Then God said, pick it up by the tail. Ladies, you don't usually pick up a snake by the tail because he can come around and inflict pain upon you. Usually you pick it up by the head. Moses obeyed, picked it up by the tail, and the snake became a rod again. This became the first sign when Moses goes back. He can throw his rod on the ground and it becomes a snake. The second sign that God gives him to help Moses to show that he is who he is, he can put his hand into his bosom. I assume that means into his shirt. And then when he brings it out, it became leprous. And then he puts it back in and he brings it out and it's not leprous anymore. The third sign that God gives to Moses is that he can take water from the river and pour it on the dry land and it shall become blood. So God has given him three signs to prove to the people who God is. To show to Moses, you can do this. And then Moses pleads, but I am slow of speech and slow in tongue. Ladies, what excuses do we give God for him to not use us? God says, who hath made man's mouth? Who makes him dumb or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. Moses tries the patience of God one more time. Please, Lord, Send the message by whomever you will. In other words, I think what he's saying here is, not me, find somebody else. And the anger of the Lord came upon him. But God said, fine, Aaron, your brother will be your mouth and you shall be as God to him. So Moses returns to Jethro, his father-in-law and says, let me go. And he says, go in peace. Moses, his wife and his sons left to go to Egypt Moses took the rod of God into his hands. In 1974, Ken Miedema wrote a song called Moses. And in that song, he says, the rod of Moses became the rod of God. Then he asks in his song, what do you hold in your hand today? To whom or to what does it belong? Are you willing to give it to God right now? Give it up. Let it go. Throw it down. The end of chapter 4, God tells Moses that he will harden Pharaoh's heart and not let the people go. 
And then Moses is to say that Israel is my son, my firstborn son. Now on the way, it says that the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. He probably became ill. And Zipporah took a flint and circumcised her son and said, You are indeed a bridegroom of blood to me. For some reason, Moses had not circumcised his son, maybe because he was no longer with his Hebrew people. But Zipporah knew what needed to be done. So he must have told her. They must have discussed it. Maybe they decided not to do it. But here Zipporah was willing and did circumcise her son before God. It is possible here that Zipporah and her sons went back to her father Because in Exodus 18 verses 2 through 4, we see that Jethro and Moses' wife and two sons met up with Moses. We don't know for sure when she left and went back home. We do know that circumcision is the sign of the covenant between the Hebrew people and God, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we will see that again in the future as we read through Exodus. God sent Aaron to meet up with Moses. And then the two of them went back and the people believed when they heard that the Lord was concerned and that he had seen their affliction and they bowed low and worshiped. Again, ladies, how we worship, what we do with our bodies in worship matters. Here they bowed low. When was the last time you bowed low before God Almighty? When was the last time you knelt before him? Have you ever just stood in his presence instead of sitting down in your chair? What our body does when we worship shows many ways what we truly believe. All right, ladies, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the great I am. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 56 through 59, Jesus says to the Jews, truly, truly, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. They tried to stone him because this statement is showing that Jesus is declaring to be God. God is present right now. Whatever excuses we have, let's lay them down and let us say yes to Jesus. For ladies, once we encounter the great I am, we will never be the same. So ladies, if you hear his voice today, God is the I am today. Don't harden your hearts. Let us be women who obey.